the Opening Doors podcast where we try to deep dive into the stories behind those individuals with success in their fields in the South Central Michigan area, whether it be academics, business, athletics, or otherwise. Uh, we deep dive into those stories and try to retell the stories that these folks have so that uh, their legacy can go on forever. Uh, today's guest is uh, none other than Marianne Egnatuck. Uh, former swim coach for Albion High School and Albion College here in Albion, Michigan. So, Marianne, welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So, Marianne, um, I got to I gotta share this real quick with you. You know, the, the way I kind of got to know you, and I'm sure you can remember this, is back in uh, the late 80s, mid to late 80s, when I was a student at Albion High School, we used to go in the corner of the auditorium, and we would skip rope and do push-ups and sit-ups and try to lose weight for wrestling. I was not a, uh, a swimmer, but I had plenty of friends who were uh, at the time, uh, from Tim Lauer to Ed Fitz to Dean Hassey, and we, uh, you know, I would go in and watch those guys, and I, I was smart enough to know that, you know, A, that was not my sport, but B, um, they have one heck of a coach, so uh, even I picked up on it then. So um, I wanted to I wanted to share that with you right off the bat. Thank you. For sure. I do remember the wrestlers coming in all the time. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I mean, it was over 100 degrees in there, as you and humid. So it was a great place to lose weight. So for those couple people in the area, Marianne, that that may not be familiar with you. Can you t just share us a little bit about you professionally and personally as much as in kind of in a um, capsule as you can share? Um, well, I was an Albion College graduate in 1976. Um, my first year of coaching at Albion High School, I was Bob Grace, a dear friend of ours, um, his assistant coach for the boys team. Um, and then I got my first teaching job in West Branch, Michigan. Mm -hmm. um, Mike Turner mm -hmm. helped me get that job. Um, and I taught there for two years. And then Frank Heidi, all these names are well known to um, all sorts of Albion people, dearly beloved. Frank Heidi hired me uh, to be the girls swim coach and the boys swim coach, which in the 70s was rare having a woman coach either team. There were very few women, but especially a boys team. So that was really pretty um, innovative for Frank to do. And so I came in 1978. Um, we started a girls team because of Title IX. Um, the implicate, it had to be implemented by 78 the last year. Sure. And so I started a swimming program and an age group program and synchronized swimming. And, and I stayed for a long time. <laughs> Absolutely. So, how, why the interest in swimming? Tell, just let's go right back to the beginning. Um, where did that interest in, in swimming come from? Well, and you know your uh, dad, uh, I uh, really respected your dad, and he would be devastated to hear this, I think. But um, when I was young, I did swim, but I also loved baseball. Mm -hmm. I loved baseball. And I went with my older brother to try out for a baseball team. And I made the team. I had short hair, wore my brother's clothes, and he kind of called me Mayor. And I think the coach thought my name was Marv. So I made the team. And then we had to bring our birth certificates to prove that we were in the right age, you know, to be on. I don't know what, what it was. I think I might have been seven, eight, maybe seven. 
And so to be on the team, that night when my dad got home, the coach came and said, I have to take Marianne's uniform back because she's a girl and can't play on the team. And my dad said, but she made the team, correct? She tried out and made the team. And he goes, oh, she's a great ball player, but we can't have her playing with the boys. It wouldn't be fair. So that night, my dad took me to a very uh, elite age group swim team. Two days later, I swam in a competitive meet. And except playing with my older brothers, which I love to play baseball with them, I never played softball, never played baseball competitively again. And it was a love of mine. And I never did because there was not an opportunity for me to do that. How about siblings? Did you have siblings growing up? Uh, Yes, there were four of us. I have two older brothers and a younger sister. Yeah. Did your dad push you quite a bit, or your parents push you quite a bit, uh, or did they really just kind of let you find your way? Um, Different time, really different time. (laughs) My dad dad and mom both were athletes. Mm -hmm. Um, They grew up in New York. I grew up in New York. And New York had an athletic program um, even in the 30s um, and 40s, in the 40s, early 40s. When my parents were in high school, my mother was a very good basketball player. My dad was a swimmer and played basketball and ran ran track. So they were very much in athletics. Um, Our whole, all four of us were into athletics. Uh, My younger sister, not as much, but my older brothers and I were very much into athletics. I was a very competitive child. Um, I remember my mother wanting all of us to learn how to play the piano. And I had these big hands and long arms and... And I couldn't sit still. I'm sure I had ADHD back before it was diagnosed. (laughs) So I was always put in sports. um, And it just was a way of life for me. I think because I followed my brothers, I thought if they can do it, I can do it. And my dad was really good about always encouraging me. Even though I was a girl, he didn't see that that made any difference, which was very... Now that I know the history of sport right, <laughs> and women right, in sport, right. my dad was really ahead of his time. So I was really lucky. They supported me, never pushed me. Um, you know, when I was swimming in national meets, mm-hmm. they would go. Um, you know, and, but as I said, women's athletics and girls' athletics were not like they are today. Right. <laughs> Right. Well, that was a that was an important time in the seventies, as you alluded to, was with Title Nine, and uh, yes. we'll get back to that later. So, how talk to me about the the, the transition to Albion College? Where did the did you have uh, family that went there? Where where did the interest come from? Well, I moved to Michigan my senior year. Okay. And New York at this time had a Regents scholarship that if you passed all your Regents exams, you got this big scholarship. And I really wanted to go to Ithaca College to swim. Um, But we moved to Michigan, and I didn't complete all my Regents. I didn't have my government, my physics, uh, my Cal. I didn't have my Regents scholarship. And I was the third child. I was there. My brothers were in school. And Gary had gone to Albion College because he had met... Morley Frazier in New York and so Morley got him to come out to Albion and my oldest brother was at Notre Dame so we kind of had that Midwest thing going on so when I went to New York and I couldn't go to Ithaca it was just too expensive my dad said well what about Albion and I said fine 
didn't visit. They had no sports that I played. I was a soccer player. I swam. I was a synchronized swimmer, and I ran track. None of those sports. No. But I went anyway, and um, <laughs> it was a great experience. Um, so I played field hockey instead of soccer. I was able to swim on the men's team, and they started a track team my last two years at Albion. So I was able to do my the sports that I loved eventually. <laughs> I think we could do a whole podcast on the number of people that Morley brought to Albion College <laughs> yes, from other from other states and potentially other countries. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great a, that's a story for another time. So yeah. let, let's talk a little bit about. Um, Athletics at Albion College at that time. So you were, you were of course, heavily involved. Field hockey as well, right? Yes. Um, I went out for field hockey. I had never even seen a field hockey stick, even though uh, many there are many field hockey teams in the New England states. I had never seen one. Someone said, it's just like soccer. Well, it's like <clears throat> soccer that 11 people play on the field, yep. and the positioning is about the same, and there is a goalie. There are no other similarities. Right. So I spent my first year trapping this hard baseball-like ball with my body <laughs> and having bruises all over it um, and just not being very good. I could run was all I could do, and Char Duff was a great coach. Yeah. Um, by my senior year, I did make the regional, uh, regional team that competed in the national playoffs. So, I mean, I, we got better, but yeah. I wasn't very good. <laughs> Since, great since we've talked, you've mentioned Mike Turner, you've mentioned Morley Frazier, Shardoff. Uh, who are the who was the coach at of swimming at that time at Albion College? I had a couple. Okay. I had a couple coaches. Okay. Um, Bob Wickstrom, yep. who won the first MIAA title, Albion College, nineteen seventy one, and Wickstrom was Dave's football coach. Okay. Was one of and okay. Tom Taylor and obviously Morley. My husband played for Morley, and yep. so I mean, yeah long Albion connection just because of Dave and um, so I had Bob Wickstrom and Steve Beckholz yep. Yep. Were, yeah. were they instrumental in the way you developed your coaching style from there on even though you probably developed your own were they at least the foundation of how you started your um, own coaching philosophies um, no I think I have when I look back at coaching philosophies I had a high school coach swim coach and synchronized she was really more of a synchronized coach okay. um but her name is carol massey mm-hmm. she was a, a great influence on me and char duff mm-hmm. yeah. char duff was i think i i um coached more like the female coaches okay. just i don't know it's because of i was a female or they i i don't know but those i think were probably my um greatest role models um, as far as coaching, to be honest. Sure. Yeah. And then, if I'm not mistaken, you were off to Ogama Heights, correct? Yes. So, tell yes. me, so you, had a, you had a certification <laughs> in uh, in history and PE, correct? Correct. Okay. Yes. So, they, they wanted you to come in and teach, coach, all of it? All of it, yes. Um, they had, I, and really, I got a call from Mike Turner saying, Marianne, there's a history PE opening up at West Branch. His mother was a guidance counselor. Okay. Because when I graduated, there weren't a lot of teaching jobs. And so I got hired the Friday before school started on Monday. Mm-hmm. And I taught three history classes and two PE classes. 
I was the freshman basketball coach. I coach boys swimming and I coach girls track. They got their money's worth out of me. <laughs> so was was coach there at the same time or did he come in at the same time? Coach Turner? No, Coach Turner I had as a professor. Right. That's Mike what is yeah, Mike is seven years older than I am. Right. Um so he was I think he was the J V basketball coach when I came to Albion. Okay. And then he became the varsity coach. But I had Mike um, in a secondary methods class. Um, I guess he was impressed with my teaching. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but he knew I was a swim coach because yeah. of that job at Albion High School. Yeah. So I had experience. Got it. And he knew I ran track. And so, I, I mean, you know, <laughs> so he called and, and I got the job. Yeah. yeah. We can get into this a little bit more later, talking about family, but you, you had the opportunity to meet your, of course, um, Dave Egnatuck, your, your husband at Albion College, correct? Correct, correct. Okay, and, and at that time, had David already graduated or no? David already graduated. Okay. Funny story, my, as I said, my older brother, Gary, right. went to Albion College. Yep. And so that's why I went to Albion College. Yeah. And um, he ran track with Dave, but Gary, in the middle of his career, went to train out at Eugene, Oregon yep. to try to make the Olympic team. Um, he did not make the Olympic team, so he came back to Albion, yep. and Dave started coaching. Gary had to sit out because of eligibility rules, okay. but then ran, and Gary and I ended up graduating together, and so I met Dave through Gary, because they were friends. Yeah. Um, and then we, yeah, and then once, then the summer after I graduated, I was working summer adventure with Frank Durango yeah. and I met Dave, you know, I knew Dave, but then, yeah, we started dating and then I went to West Branch thinking the relationship's over, but it wasn't. And then I, we got, he asked me to marry him and I got a job at Albion, came back. Well, let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk about that because really this is, um, what I want to get into here, kind of deep dive into, as we said earlier, is the fact when you... When you came back to Albion, what was your role? You went right to the high school to teach, or how, how did that transpire? I went right to the high school to teach. Okay. Um, I was, let me see, I think I only was teaching swimming and physical education. Okay. I was teaching with Eric Brittner, John Schilling, and Hazel Elias, the four of us. Um, and I got hired by Frank Heidi. Um, and I was really just coaching both swim programs at that time. And I... Then I got hired to coach track with Hazel later, so okay. I did coach three sports that year. Okay. Um, had a great track season with Hazel. Um, Mrs. Lyons. See, I don't think I don't think many people know that that Hazel was a coach, and not you know they just know her as a teacher and fun loving teacher, and, and they don't know her as a as a coach. A lot of them, you know the. Coach basketball with Frank Heidi. Yeah. She was coaching basketball for many years yeah. with Frank Heidi. Uh, did an outstanding job. Um, and she coached track with me. Um, we had a lot of fun. Yep. Hazel Hazel brought so much to so many people. Um, I always said she made me a better teacher um, and a better person because she made me aware of different situations people in the community were going through because she had so many more ties than I did. When I first came, I didn't know very many people. Yeah. And Hazel would say, hey, by the way, so-and-so's mom is sick or you know, this person's going through a hard time. And just, I became a better teacher because I was aware of the situations people were going through. Yeah. What was the state of the program or had the program really developed 
the boys or girls swim team, what was the state of the program when you got there? And did they basically say, here, Marianne, here's the keys to the program. You run with it. Um, well, Bob Gray had stepped down from coaching the boys. Um, he had graduated a great class of swimmers. They had been to the state meet. Um, so I had a pretty young team, uh, a very, very young team. Um, and obviously it was the first year for the girls team. I only had 10 members of the girls team. Okay. They were fantastic, fantastic group of girls. Okay. Um, so it was 1978, had 10, 10 girls on the team. The captains were Jody Billicky mm-hmm. and Laura Acero. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one promise I made to them that we were small but mighty. Um, I don't think we won a swim meet that year. But I told them that I would stay with it, and I promised them that they would be proud that they were the members of the very first girls' swim team at Allegheny High School. I said, I promise you that you will be proud that we will build this program to be something you can be proud of. And um, luckily, I coached fantastic women down the line 30 years, and yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a fun ride. <laughs> when, after you took over the the helm of the program, um, first of all, A, when when did you start to coach the boys' teams? And then secondly, when did you really know you started, you were starting to get traction and you guys had something special there? Um, well, to be honest, I knew we had something special in 1978. Um, I really did. Okay. Um, the girls were so dedicated. They raised $1,000 to put in a uh, girl's record board. We had a nicer record board than the boys. Um, eventually, I had to raise money with the boys to get a similar, yep. and now they're both there today. Yep. Um, so that then I started the age group team, because I knew I had to have an age group team, and Dean Hassey and all those guys were in middle school when they sure. started that. Caroline sure. Cunningham. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they were all on, on that group. So... Um, so the 70s were really just kind of a building um, time. Yeah. And even the 80s, the girls won their first <clears throat> league title in 1988. Mm-hmm. And we were competing against quality programs. Oh, yeah. You know, we had, uh, we beat Battle Creek Lakeview, which had been the power at that time. No one believed we could do it. Yep. Um, of course, I did have a group of 12 seniors, my mighty dozen, right. um, that really helped us do that. That was Allison Rausch and... Kelly Joe Merrill and uh, Becky Hassey and Kelly Dabbert and Julie Delamarter. I mean, you know, I could just Julie Marcos. I mean, Trudy Wiss. Gainos. I mean, yes, yes, yes. Just had a lot of, yes, a lot of great swimmers. But we started having state qualifiers right away. Yeah. Right away. Carol Corey yeah. and Carol Wilson yep. were state qualifiers right away. Yeah. Um, so I inherited some talent. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we had success right away. Chris Cunningham, Pat McCarley were state qualifiers, Terry Howard. Um, Diver, you know, yeah. Yeah, Diver, yeah. Yep. So right away, um, those were some of the, well, Caroline and those who didn't swim for Bob, but some of the boys had. Sure. And so I, I had taken some of Bob athlete, Bob's former athletes and and um, as they got older, they became um, competitors at the state level. So right away, um, then I stepped away from the boys program, yep. and that was really hard. 
because I'd left a great group of seniors. Um, I was pregnant with my second child and I just couldn't do it with two kids, two babies. So I I did stick with the girls, Um, you know, and I have to say my husband, who also was a coach for so many years at Alvin College, his own legacy there, um, really supported, you know, and it was hard to do, um, to have babies and coach and such demanding things. But we made it work and the kids grew up with chlorine in their veins and became great swimmers themselves. <laughs> a lot of kids grew up with chlorine in their veins in the Albion area, for sure. Yes, so. yes. Let me tell you a funny funny uh, interview question. Of course. Frank Durango, I mean Frank Durango, Frank Heidi asked me. Yeah. In, in uh, 1978, he said, Marianne, everyone knows Albion's a basketball town. <laughs> Why do you think you can make it a swimming community and I had kind of forgotten this but my 20 year we had a party to celebrate all the success um, in 1978 the year we won the state title right Frank brought that up and he said this young woman she was not very old said to Bruce Smith and I sir I can believe I believe Albion High School can be anything it wants to be and he said we looked at each other then and said we're gonna hire her. <laughs> That's great. As as I watch the program, um, as a, a young uh, parent and teacher and coach, one thing you really noticed about you working with your staff, and even as a high school student, to be honest with you, was the fact that um, you you had a great relationship and you had great great people involved in the program, but you you were very close to your staff and you really delegated out a lot of responsibilities to your staff. Um, I know you had some, some folks that were very close to you, whether it be Barb Shirey or yes. Joni Pinkham or Ron Face or, you know, go, you can go on and on and on from, uh, to, to Kimmy Wado, uh, Kimmy Hyatt. Um, they, they were all instrumental. Talk to a little bit about, you know, as an early coach working up um, in, in the development of your program, how important was that for you to bring on people and staff that would develop the program, which we're going to get into the Aquacats a little bit in a minute here, but t- in terms of your coaching staff, what did you look for in coaches? Um, was it a warm body, or were you just looking for people who knew the, the sport? Um, to be honest, it was people that cared about others. Yeah. If you cared about others, I could teach you about the sport. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe... Because I don't think you have to be a great swimmer to be a great coach. Mm-hmm. I think there has to be something in you that makes you a great coach. I don't. Knowledge is part of it, but if you care about people and your focus is, let's make this person a better person. Yeah. That I can teach you swimming. Right. I, I mean, I've been around long enough and have had pretty good role models and good coaches that I can teach you about the sport. Sure. Um, so we had a lot of people that just wanted to be part of the program. Yeah. And I would, you know, gradually teach them about the sport and how how to coach kids and what's important and how to fix strokes. And some were better than others. Um, but we just, it, it was nice having other people on deck, other women on deck to see as role models, to see as, um, you know, different walks of lives, people yeah. coming in. Yeah. Um, I think that was important. Sure. Let's talk about the Aquacats program because that is a, it's a big part of your story and it's a big part of this program. Um, when did you know that there, uh, every coach needs to build a program, but 
when did you recognize that you wanted to start this youth program? What were the beginnings like? Um, you know, what were your initial thoughts about that, and how proud are you of that program as it developed through the years? Oh, really proud. Um, I it grew to about 160 yeah. in the winter. Our winter program yeah. it got way too big for that six lane pool. <laughs> I don't know how we did it. Yeah. You know, when I look back, um, I was a lot younger, I think. But we start. I started right away. I started right away with middle school swimmers. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what I said. I mean, I remember Caroline and Dean Hassie. I'm trying to think who else would have been in that group. Oh. Mike Campbell. I mean, just, yeah. Uh, I shelters. Mean, I mean, you can go on and on yes, and on and on. Yes, yes, I mean, it's been it's been a long time. But um, so I started, I started an age group right, a program right away. Being an age group swimmer, yep. high school swimmer, college swimmer, I knew the importance. So I started right away. Um, and I had some great parents involved. I remember, um, it's now Pam Strope, but she was Pam Vetter back then. Yep. We used to have these little meets. She made me ribbons out of construction paper. Oh, wow. So we could keep track of kids' <clears throat> times. Because we had no money. There was no money. I didn't charge people to swim. Yeah. Even at our heyday with 160 people, you know, in the 90s, they were charging $50 to swim. Or other people were charging $100 a month. Yeah. But my goal was to not make money. My goal was to introduce swimming to the masses. Um, you know, there, I didn't do it for money. In many years, I didn't get paid. I, I did it because I loved the sport of swimming and ha- teaching kids how to swim. Um, probably the greatest thing that I realized about the AquaCat program was pointed out to me by Harry Bonner. Harry Bonner was another one of my mentors. Um, I don't know how I even got connected with him early, but we did connect somehow. Yeah. Um, Harry does that, I think, with young people yeah. in the community. He might have been at the high school, and that's how I met him. I don't even remember, but he seems like Harry Bonner's always been part of my life. But Same. Anyway, Same. <laughs> um, yeah. Harry Bonner said to me, and this was early, because um, I can remember Jason Ganick was young. He might have been, he was still in elementary school. Because Harry Bonner came to the pool and said to me, Marianne, I want to write about what you're doing in AquaCats. And he sat down and interviewed me. And he came back a few weeks later and said, and he must have talked to different student athletes, you know, probably some of the AquaCats and some of my high school swimmers. Right. And he came back and he said, Marianne, he said, you have a unbelievable program and I said thanks Harry you know I've got a lot of help the high school kids are doing a great job um and he asked me why I had high school students help coach and I had it all wrong in Harry's mind and I said well I want the younger swimmers to look up and have mentors to look up to high school swimmers and say, that's who I want to be when I grow up. I get, because these kids are outstanding. Yeah. This is the best kept secret of Albion. Right. We have outstanding people here. Yeah. And I think people saw some of the racial things and just looked down their noses at us. And I saw that quite a bit as a swim coach going to schools mm-hmm. that were predominantly white mm-hmm. and had people say, oh, Albion's here, lock up your stuff. And I'd look at him and I'd say, you know what, I'll put my quality of student athlete against yours any day of the week yep. in anything. Yep. You, you name it, we'll compete against you. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. 
and I really had that strong belief in my student athletes. So I, I believed in them. So I, many of them became role models to these younger aquacats. Sure. And Harry said to me, he goes, no, Marianne, you're missing the boat. He said, you are making your high school athletes better people because you're making them care about someone else besides themselves. And I had never seen it that way. And you know how Harry has that in-depth way to look at things? Oh, yeah. And I've never professed to be as smart as Harry Potter. Yeah. And I just said, oh. I go, well, that's good. (laughs) And I said, but Harry, I do want you to know that I wanted to give my younger athletes people to look up to. Sure. And I always tell this story. Um, Amy Turner mm-hmm. and Amy Schmidt yep. were graduating from high school, and my oldest was in sixth grade. Okay. And I always went to all the award ceremonies. You know, if my kids were high school swimmers were involved in something, I went yep. to. If they yep. played volleyball, I went to their game. Yep. Played, you know, what it didn't matter. Played softball. I, I doesn't matter. I was there, so I went because Amy and Amy. And I'm not sure. I'm sure there were some other people, but I just remember this comment from my daughter: "We're getting, we're graduating." And so I was at the award ceremony. You know how everybody's in their gowns yep. and everything. Yep. And I sat up front with Christy, my oldest, because her age group coaches were Amy Turner and Amy Schmidt. Sure. So she wanted to come. And so Amy got the highest GPA or valedictorian medal or something. Amy Turner did. And Amy Schmidt got the um, sports award. Sure. And I don't re- I don't remember what it was called. The Anderson Award, yep. I think. Yep. And Christy said, looked at me all serious as a sixth grader can. Mom, I want to be just like Amy Turner and Amy Schmidt. And I said, honey, I said, real people get bees. <laughs> I have said that to Amy Turner her whole life. <laughs> real people get bees. You know, but they are great people to be like. You know, fast forward, you know, Christy Egnatuck is a senior in high school. She gets the same sports award Amy Schmidt did, and she was a valedictorian of her class. So, yes, I know the importance of mentorship for my own children. And, you know, and I know the importance that mentors had for Amy Turner and Amy Schmidt as well. You know, the Sarah Rumseys, the um, Sarah McMillans. I mean, those people were so important. So I, you know, I I guess I saw it more from the younger because I got to see it through my own children. Yeah. Um, But I I, I think that was the strength of the AquaCare program. Yes, we became dominant in the state rankings. Right. But I was very proud of every year that we became academic state champs. Yeah. And we had GPAs of 9.7, 9.8, academic All-Americans. I mean, that best for life. No, I mean, being a fast swimmer in high school, no offense. I mean, a hundred percent, exactly. You know, As I'm sitting here listening, it's, it's, it's striking to me how many, you had the initial group with, with, with um, Billicky, and, and then they were the setup for the Cunninghams and the Jerry Kays. And then yes. they were then they were the mentors for the Lukitis and the Birches. And then yes. they were the mentors for the Gaynos. On you know what I mean? And on and yes. on. Yes, yes, yes. And then yes. all it just it's it's amazing yes. and blessed to have that pairing 
of mentors from older students right up to the younger students for sure yes yes i mean exactly and then i mean i could go as far you know then you go to zach and zane havens you know you go yeah. to the agnetucks you yeah. go to the pinkups yes. you know you go to the starkies i mean i can just you know great it goes on and on and on. great athletes you and know. great families and great great um support yes i mean and, and we talked about kim uh Rader, who took over after me yeah um you know, and a lot of people probably don't know the reason why I, I stopped coaching at Albion High School. Um, it's it's it was very sad for me to do. Mm-hmm. I my last year was '08, mm-hmm. but I decided to get a master's in reading okay. because I felt it was very important for my teaching. So I started this master's in '06, and the year of the fall of 08 is when I completed my master's, but I was going to have to miss the league meet and the state meet because there were two classes I couldn't meet. And I talked to the professor and they said, oh no, you have to present your thesis on the state. You can't miss. Yeah. And I thought, I cannot be a head coach and miss two important championship meets. I couldn't do it. So I really debated putting it off a year. And I thought, no, no it's time. Also, um, I had been juggling, you know, my, my kids were swimming in college, mm-hmm. so trying to watch my children compete right. and coach right. and be an aquacat coach, right. it was just, I mean, I was tired. So I, I stepped out, and I felt that Kim, that I had the people in place that had been with me, you know, for a number of years, yep. that I thought, okay, it's time. Yeah. It's time yeah. for a younger person. Yeah. Marianne, you're old. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to step down. How? And, yeah, it was hard. How were academic, if anybody mentions your name in the same breath, they think about a great coach, but they're also, they in the league or anybody who's familiar with the program mentions academics in the same breath. How, did you have to put weight on that to your athletes or did that really just kind of manifest itself? And of course you had great athletes, but, and student athletes, but how did you have to keep that ball rolling or did you? Um, well, I did sometimes, but, um, in the beginning I had such talented, smart students (laughs) and they, I realized, oh wow, these these people are really smart. You know, yeah. John Turnbull. I mean, I mean, just when I think, you know, Scott Dillery. I, I mean, really brilliant, brilliant people. Yeah. Um, so in the beginning, I didn't. You know, as a young coach, I thought I was good, but I wasn't. I was not a very good coach. I didn't get the whole um, how to build a person. You know, I was still growing as a person sure. myself. Sure. Um, you know, I, I was young. I, I, I didn't know. Uh, and, but once I got a little older, I, when I had children, it was like, oh, wait a sec. Okay. I, I need to be, I need to stress more. And, um, and I think, and I think, you know, there was some, some things like I, I, I'm Terry Howard to this day when we talk, he credits me in helping him go to college. I sat down and I said, Terry, you're going to go to college. And he was the first one in his family too. And I helped him fill out the FAFSA and that whole thing. So I did have some of those things. Yeah. But when I look at myself as now as a coach <laughs> compared to then, I was terrible. <laughs> I was terrible. I was enthusiastic, but I wasn't 
see it might have been when we started doing, and you might even remember the year, when we started doing those weekly progress reports. Yeah, yeah that was probably mid-80s, mid-80s. Yeah. Maybe when we did the weekly progress reports, so I became aware right. of student, you know, some of my athletes not doing well. Yep. So then it became a, a very a focal point and, you know, setting up study groups if needed, yep. having tu- tutors, one-on-one tutors, yeah. um, you know, someone not doing well saying, hey, you know, I understand swimming is important, but not important. Right. And sitting, sitting people in the bleachers to get work done. I remember I remember. <laughs> you remember that? I, I personally wasn't there, but I, I remember. No, you were a good student. <laughs> hey, a uh, mark of any great coach is um, the coaching tree that they kind of spawn off. Let's talk a little bit about that because you, you definitely have, uh, you know, who are now coaches from, from your own, from Tracy and Jessica, Jessica. And I'm not sure, is Christy in the coaching? No, Christy's a nuclear engineer. Yeah. I, I knew that, but I <laughs> I didn't know if she was involved in coaching or not. Kristen, yeah, no, she's in, she's in charge of, uh, unfortunately, she's in charge of the U.S. Uh, Nuclear Terrorist Task Force, so no, she's not coaching. <laughs> Kristen Harden, your own daughter, of course, yes. Tracy Martin, Mackenzie Pinkham are all involved in coaching, just to name a few. How, how much pride do you take in that? Oh, so much. Um... They do, and every once in a while, I have watched Mackenzie coach. I've gone and watched her coach, um, and I watched her children swim because they're very dear to me. Um, it's exciting. It really is exciting. Um, I get as much joy in watching them coach yeah. than you know than watching my own children swim. I mean, it, I, it's really exciting. Yeah. Um, when uh, I coached at Albion College, we had some swim meets against Eastern Michigan. Mm-hmm. And the main reason we did that is Jake Tabor thought, oh, it would be fun to have Marianne and Tracy on the same deck. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, we were so busy, we would kind of hug each other when we walk in and walk out. It's not like we sat around and talked. You know? <laughs> I don't know what you think is going to happen. But, yeah, <laughs> um, but, yeah it, it is fun. It really is fun. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things. It's When people love what you love, it you know, but... I mean, I, I just have, it's always fun to see my athletes having their children swim. Yeah. That's that's always fun to go someplace and see them. That's cool. Um, yeah, you know, just like, you know, but anyway, just like with Jason Lukiti's son, you yeah. know, was wrestling and had some, did such a great job. Yeah. You know, and I keep track of, you know, I keep track of all those people. Greg, Greg Hatcher's son yeah. playing football, just yeah. doing a super job. I mean, it's, Albion is the biggest small community. 100%. It really is. A hundred percent. I agree without a doubt. Let's talk about, and I'm going to try to shorten things up there a little bit, but the league itself, that was, I mean, people who knew sports in South Central Michigan knew that, first of all, the Twin Valley was a very, very tough league. It's the oldest league. It was the oldest league in in Michigan. Tough league, tough league, basketball, baseball, football. Let's talk about that league uh, that that you guys all swim in. Correct me if I'm wrong, Southeastern Michigan Swim League, correct? Yes, 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 and yes. The Sturgis's, the Harpers, the Lakeviews, the Marshalls, the Albions, uh, Plainwell, right? Plainwell was in there on Hackett. Hackett, yes, yes. That was a tough league. It was a tough league. I mean, you had to bring your lunchbox every day, every time you played. <laughs> and your hard yes. hat. Yes, yes, yes. Do you still have 
uh, do you still see you know uh, Coach Dubois from Marshall or um, on and on? Do you still see any of them around at all or no? They coaching no. They've all they've all stepped back from coaching. Because um, I don't know if you know this, Dave and I have moved to Columbia, Missouri. Elmer, bring that up in a second. I know that. Okay. So, but yeah, none of them are still coaching. Okay. Um, yeah. So they're not they're not coaching, but um, when I see it, it's always nice. I mean, and and um, I just had a girlfriend retire from uh, Lakeview's age group coach, Julie mm-hmm. Youngquist. Yep. Um, she just retired. So, um, yes. I mean, we have fond memories. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed beating them. They, I don't think they enjoyed that, but I, I sure did. Um, it was always fun. <laughs> I can imagine. I can. I bet you can still picture and still smell the the different, or, or the different auditoriums that you went to, and for all those, you know, a lot of them. Yes, yes. Well, let's talk about Missouri. What what brought you to Missouri? Um. Well, two grandkids. Yeah. And uh, Tracy's the women's coach at Mizzou, doing very well. Um, they were ranked ninth nationally. They did not get to prove how well they were going to swim at the national meet because it was canceled because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And who knows what's going to happen this year. I think um, they might be ranked 11th or 12th in the nation right now. Okay. Um, she's doing a fantastic job. And she's an uh, associate women. head coach, correct? Associate head coach, yes. Yep. Yes. So, yes, she uh, she was the associate head coach at Eastern Michigan. Right. Um and yeah, they they moved. She got offered the job here, and she said, "Mom, what do you think?" And I said, "Okay." So I retired from Albion College, um, which was hard to do. Left a great group of uh, athletes there, and I came here. And I realized I wasn't ready to hang up uh, my goggles yet. So I'm coaching the uh, Columbia Swim Club, and uh, awesome. having a blast. Awesome. <laughs> that's that's amazing. <laughs> So, through help with a little few of your friends, um, strategically save this to the end, I, I have just a couple of stories I want to reminisce about, and I didn't okay. know all the nuts and bolts of all these stories. I, I remember <laughs> hearing about a couple of them. So, I want, I'm going to bring up a couple of topics here, and you kind of uh, embellish and go on about these. Uh, your 40th okay. birthday party, and the... <laughs> And uh, the role of Miss Pinkham and Mr. Troppins played in that, and the uh, the same events that transpired that same day. Oh, craziness! Um, <laughs> Mike Solsis put up signs all down Irwin Ave. Um, Dave Troppins had a full page um, article about me, and former swimmers all wrote in, and they had this big thing about my driving. <laughs>
They also told me to ask you about the when you came back from swim meets and Barb Shirey would come up with equipment from other other schools and other teams and she would be doling it out and nobody would claim it and somehow it had to get back to Lakeview or to Sturgis or wherever it came from. Yes. Oh, I mean, Barb Shirey, um, we were going to talk about a mentor. Yeah. Um, she was. And, yeah. and just a very special woman and someone just very special to the team. Yeah. Um, special to my own children. Um, you know, we kind of had a rule, Barb, they're yours. <laughs> if they're in trouble, Barb, you coach them. <laughs> <laughs> always just she was just a, a wonderful person um we lost her way too soon um and but yes barb was always cleaning up i mean she'd clean up everybody's area yeah. and i do remember her getting a winter coat from sturgis <laughs> that's exactly what joni mentioned and, yeah from sturgis and i get an email from the coach saying marianne did somebody in your team pick up a down jacket and i went yes ray it was barb and I had to mail it back to him. Well, I ended up not making I was going to, but some. I think we played basketball, so I sent it like that Friday night with the basketball coach, and they got it. I'm like, Barb, stop stealing things. Well, this is a true story. So Barb um, died in 2000, okay. December of 2000, or 99, maybe. Okay. 99, December of 99, um, around Christmas time. And so that next year, she wasn't on the deck. First time in 23 years for me. Right. And I quite, quite often look where she'd stand to say something to her, which was always really tough for me. You know, I'd have to try to bring myself back together, you know, so the kids didn't know. Yeah. But they knew because they yeah. knew my, yeah. my facial expressions. So yeah. that state meet, we had a fantastic state meet. We were at Holland. Um, Elise Lee won the diving. Um, Lisa Gonzalez was second, so we won two diving. Tracy won the 50 and the 100. We were all state in the re sprint relays. We just had a great, great swimming, just sure. really great swimming. Sure. And we kind we sat by the diving boards, and there was no one else sitting by the diving boards, not another team. And so I'm picking up, doing a barb, picking up everybody's stuff because they're in the locker room. It's yep. starting to snow, yep. and the parents are saying, Marianne, they may be closing down 131. Yep. And so I'm trying to get the kids out. I'm getting them in cars. Right. Who's got kids? You know, and I'm driving the ratty. I shouldn't probably say that. But you know that red van. Oh, I know the, the red van. The high school hat. Oh, yeah. The high school hat. Oh, yeah. It was not safe. Not safe. <laughs> so I didn't want any of the kids in it because it, the seatbelts in all. So I sent all the kids with parents. Yeah. And I sent my own with Joni, I think. Anyway, yeah. so it's me in this van. I mean, the side mirror blows off as I'm driving home. Okay. <laughs> and on, on these roads from Holland. But anyway, so when I get back to practice, yeah. you know, I get, and I, you know, say, okay, whose towel is this? And it was with our stuff. And so I ended up stealing someone's towel from Holland. And all the kids said, oh my gosh, Mrs. Shirey left that for us. Mrs. Shirey oh. left that. So that kind of became the Mrs. Shirey towel, That's and I carried story. it, carried it from now. And now Mackenzie Pinkham has it at uh, the lake. That's I gave awesome. it to Mackenzie, but yeah. So Barb is a very special, special woman to all of us. I got. I think one more, and it relates to to uh, weather. Was the the ice storm, 
and how they were trying to synchronize all the different events coming off the bus. Am I correct in that? Because you and Bob had to stay back from what I was told for diving for Jamie and for Erica, right? Yes. We were, it was, the, the meet was at Lakeview High School. Right. And we left early in the morning. Yeah. And Bob was the official. Right. And um, I was there with the divers. Yep. And I would have been there with probably, yeah, Ron Face. So Ron and I were there. Yep. And diving's going on. Yep. And a parent, a Lakeview parent, came into the diving, into the pool and said to me, Oh, Marianne, your team isn't coming. They yeah. shut down 94. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, where are the kids? What do I do? And Bob's like, Marianne, you know, there's nothing you can do. So I go to the payphone and I was shocked at how many people's phone numbers. So I started calling everyone's parents on the swim team. No one's answering. And I'm like, no one's answering. Bob, no one's answering. This is pre-cell phone, of course. Right. Yes. It's 1995. Right. Right. So no one's answering. And so I don't know what to do. And I'm pacing and I'm like, okay, Bob, I'm driving to Albion and getting the kids here. Right. And he goes, Marianne, you can't, Right. you won't make it back in time. There's nothing you can do. And, and I keep on looking out. It's snowing more. And I'm like, well, okay. You know, Bob, I guess we'll just take the girls home. If they don't get here by the time the meet starts, you know, somebody's, I I don't know what I'm going to do. Right. You know, and so I'm just kind of pacing the whole time I'm pacing and I look out and I see a bus and I have on a polo shirt, jean, I mean, uh, shorts yeah. and doc, yeah. doc, you know, doc yeah. Yeah. no socks. I never yeah. wore socks. I see it's Albion's bus. I run out in this blizzard. The kids come off the bus by event, right? By event. Yes. By event with caps on. Their swimsuits on, parkas. I start crying and they're apologizing. Coach, we're sorry we're late. And I'm just crying, like, I don't care, you're late, you're here, you're safe. And there's a whole caravan of parents behind the bus. Everybody made it. There was not a single athlete not there. There was not a single parent not there. I don't know how they made it. And we walk they walk in and warm up and we swim and it, it was unbelievable awesome. and we tied for the league championship awesome. it was just I, I just you know but I'm crying because I yeah. I was so worried yeah. and they're they're thinking oh coach is going to be mad because we're late for warm up <laughs> and I'm like I don't care about warm up you're here you're safe we got you know and then the snow stopped and we all made it home okay but wow <laughs> good stuff um Last couple of things here. So, as I said, I talked to Joni, and Joni is very uh, giving of of stories here. Uh, She wanted to bring up the, I think there was a story um, about Missy Garrison at Lakeview, correct? Yeah. No, I don't know which. Something was brought up, and this was when Missy was sick, and and something happened over the PA. Am I correct in that? I don't know know maybe what she's talking about, but um, Missy was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Yep. Um, end of her junior year. Yep. Um, she had four um, I think treatments. what she was alluding to was about the coach from Lakeview, Dave, kind of took the mic and wished her well, correct? Do you remember that or no? You froze up. Okay, about the go. coach from Lakeview. 
she was sick, and I remember telling, um, assuring Jenny and Mark Garrison that I just had a feeling that she was going to be fine. Yeah. I felt it, and I, I felt it sincerely. Yeah. Um, and I promised the swim team that she'd be okay and that she was going to swim season. And I remember telling Missy, I said, Missy, I won't be surprised if you don't even make, you'll make state cuts too. And she ended up qualifying for the state meet. Um, yeah. But I, I remember at the Lakeview meet, I think they said something. I don't remember though. I don't remember yeah. what it was. What did Joni say? Well, so she, she just said there was, that, that it was nice for the Lakeview coach. I think it's Dave, Dave uh, I cannot remember his last name. Came, Ducks. On, came, Ducks. came on the mic and just had nice words and that you guys were all overwhelmed or, or overcame by emotions uh, for Missy because she was um, sick at the time, and but she had the opportunity to swim at, at lead me, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, she, well, she and, swam even some dual meets. Yeah, she swam at dual meets. Yeah, um, she did, and um, I, as I said, I wasn't aware of what was going on in the stands. Right. But Missy swam the 200 IM. Yeah. She finished it. She did not final the event, which she had always finaled for three years. Sure. And and I started crying. Because I was so proud that she swam. Sure. I mean, the two IM is a tough event. I mean, it's, sure. and she yeah. wanted to swim it, and um, she wanted, you know. Then I said, I'm crying, and, and she's crying, and I'm just said, I'm so proud of her. And then uh, she swims the hundred breaststroke, yeah. and this is probably this is the one that I think had everybody going crazy in the pool. Yeah. I mean, Mark Garrison yeah. and Bob Grace said there was not a dry eye in the house. That's awesome. There was not a dry eye in the house. Um, Missy Garrison is standing next to Christy Agnetuck. Christy Agnetuck is the number two seed in the in the league, and Missy is, I think, the twelfth seed in the league. And um, Christy told me, she says, "Mom, Missy is going to make the finals in the hundred breaststroke, no matter what I do, no matter what she's going to do it." And so Christy and Missy, Christy said, "Missy, I'm moving over. Stay on my shoulder. I'm moving over. Drag off me." drag off me and I didn't know this and I just said Christy Missy's fine you know Missy's got Missy's you know she's feeling good and then they do this and, and I'm like didn't know well so Christy goes in as the number two seed Missy goes in as the number six seed we we are going crazy at this point we are just going crazy um and she had made the state qualifying cut awesome I, I mean there was not a drive I mean I couldn't and that's when Dave Stubbs was like this is unbelievable. That's this awesome. is a miracle. And and I and I said, this is who Missy Garrison is. Missy Garrison is, you know, strong. I mean, this was the girl at 10 years old or 9 years old cheering for Christy Eglitek to break her 8 and under breaststroke record. <laughs> you know, she was standing at the end of the line, end of the lane, cheering for a little girl to break her record. That was the type of athletes we had coming up yeah. through our program. Yeah. You know, so when people say, oh, great coach, <laughs> I, I just hung on and tried not to, you know, coach the greatness out. Yeah. You know, I had great, great people. Yeah. And I be, I think it's all that mentoring, you know, I mean, great people. I mean, I, yeah. So we have all these stories yeah. because of their greatness. Yeah. You know, I yeah. just tried to stay out of the way. <laughs> well, Marianne, it's a, it's a testament uh, to everything that you have done for the Albion community and the youth, but, but also the families. So, um, it's been an absolute pleasure doing this podcast. With Thank you. you. Thank no, you. I mean, it truly has. Fun. And, and I, it was a very, very short list 
and to be honest with you, if I if I could have Morley or anybody else, amazingly come back and do a podcast with it, it would. I mean, those are my mentors growing up. You know, from yes. from Mike Vitar yes. to Morley, uh, and and I had the grace to and blessed to be able to watch uh, Mike Turner and, and and Pete Schmidt, and those were my mentors. Yeah. And and we have, I think we all even as a, and, and even adults had the opportunity to watch those folks in, in and around the Albion area. So we were blessed. So. Thank you so much. Hey, so Thanks. if people watching this want to reach out to you, how can they get a hold of Marianne Egnatuff? What's the best ways? Email, <laughs> email, Facebook. Email, Facebook. Have call me. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Um, do you have anything in conclusion that you want to say? Anything that anybody that you want to give thanks to because you did an awesome job. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Tim. Um, as I said, all the people, all the parents. You know, I think um, when I left missing, missing, you know, different yep. parents in the stands, yeah. I, I mean, how, what a great community. I can't even begin 100%. to name them because there's yep. hundreds, yeah. hundreds. Um, we were blessed. Uh, it's just been, yeah, it's just been uh, very special to, um, you know, coach those kids, yeah. you know, and yeah. yeah, reach out. I enjoy, I, you know, I want to know what they're doing now, Perfect. You, know, Perfect. you know, how your life has turned out, you know, so. Marianne, thank you so much. You have a great rest of okay. your weekend, and we'll talk soon. Thank All you. All right, yeah, bye-bye. Take care. Yeah, you too. Next time.